Ah, uh, it's been crazy, man. What do you got? What do you got going on? I leave. I leave tomorrow for the next shoot. Um, what are you working on? Uh, is this live right now? Um. Okay. So off the off the record, tell me what you're doing. <laughs> oh, off the record. It- Hey everyone, my name is Jared Hogan. And I'm Christian Schultz. And this is good. Okay, so Diego. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the beginning because I don't actually know this. I don't I don't really know where everything started for you. So when did you first get into like well let's see let's back up even further. Um like take me back to like uh, introduce me to like little Diego. Where were you? Where did you grow up? What was uh, what was yeah, your uh, family life like growing up? It's been funny. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Even myself, like when I was a kid, how did I end up doing film? Um, and and looking back at you know, I'm gonna go back to when I was about twelve. I grew up in Guatemala. And um, I, we actually found all these cassettes and videos that we used to shoot when we were kids with my cousins and my brother. And we would uh, we would shoot all sorts of crazy things, like little stories. Yeah. We would make yeah. up these like sports shows. We were, we were talking about <laughs> sports, like, and each each kid would do a different sport, and it was pretty funny. That's amazing. We would do uh, movie recreations, like reenactments, like uh, Saving Private Ryan. Of course, they were so like <laughs> they, they were pretty horrible, but they were pretty elaborate for like a twelve-year-old. Yeah, kid, you know, and we would edit on a. Our TV had a like an integrated VHS system where you could just yeah, uh, you know, one of those VHS, and you can just hit. How, how old are you, Diego? Uh, right now, I'm 29. Okay, when's your birthday? Uh, it's actually in. Let's see what day is today. Oh, it's in ten days. Amazing. Well, happy almost birthday. Thank you, man. Okay, so you're you're editing on your your uh, VCR. Yeah, and it was all handy cam. It was pretty funny. It was just like you would anything you would see on the TV. If, as long as you hit record, you, that was basically what was going on the cassette. And we so we would edit. Yep. We would just kind of fast forward around the the, the, the tape and find the moments and just drop that, you know, scene by scene. It was. Pretty funny thinking back at it, how insane that process was. Do you, cause, okay. So I, same, same for me. That's like, that was my first kind of like, uh, hands on experience with, with filming, editing, anything was like, yeah, like VCR to VCR and like recording. And yeah, I yeah. even like was plugging in like my disc man to like play music over top of stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you feel like that has, is there something like about the tangible nature of that that you feel like people don't have today or like maybe at least like that's important to you? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, think about the, like, like, uh, I'm assuming you've been doing this long enough that you like had to log and capture like DV tapes. Did you, did you ever do that? Man, we were, um, uh, what do you mean? Like log and capture. You know, like where you have to like put in a tape, like there aren't like pre-sorted clips, like, like digital oh, yeah. clips. Yeah. You have to put in the whole tape and like rewind, fast forward all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Do you feel like you, there's something like, I don't know, 
do you miss that at all? <laughs> uh, well, here's the part of the story is I that we did it when we were like 12 and then we stopped completely. Really? And then I didn't really get back into that world like at the end of college when I started getting into photography. But it was funny thinking back at yeah. I was like, why does why does this feel so natural in a way when I started shooting mm. and just thinking back at like we used to, you know, we used to spend entire like uh you know, our entire like summer breaks and all that stuff just filming silly yeah. little videos that we found recently. It's pretty kind of makes you want to put them up. Um, <laughs> yeah, <do>. it, it <laughs> also makes you appreciate how easy it is right now to just drop footage into an edit. Yeah. And just cut it all together. It's it's kind of a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, so you were making little movies with your your family and like neighbors and stuff, <laughs> and then you went off and and did photography. Well, that was yeah at the end of college, so I would say like ten years later, and then I just got a lot got into photography almost at the end of of college, just kind of getting really excited about cameras and what led you to that. After, you know, taking a 10-year hiatus or whatever, what what kind of, like, brought you back into being, like, I'm interested in doing this again? Uh, I was, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of two two things. One was just naturally I was, uh, in school I was doing advertising classes and we were just shooting photos for ads and different things. So I kind of had to. Yeah. Uh, but I think the more, the more honest and real reason I got into photography is just, um, just spending time with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, um, and being long distance and just spending so much time away, we would, I would just obsess over taking photos every time we could spend a week together or <laughs> a amazing. little bit of time together. So that was kind of like we would take hundreds of photos so that when we would spend three months apart, we could go back and look at these photos. And it was just such a great way to almost like remember those little moments. So at that time, where were you and where was she? Uh, I was in I was in um, school in Dallas, Texas, SMU, and she was in Columbia. Okay, so pretty okay. far. Yeah, and so you go to school, and then uh, you graduate, and then do you guys get married right after you graduate, or how how did that go? Uh, we got married um, four years later. Four years later. Okay. Um, and where where did you guys live after you got married? New York. New York. Okay, so you moved. So you're in Dallas, and then where do you go after you graduate? I went to Colorado for three years. Okay. I was working yeah. as an art director at uh, Crispin Porter and Boguski, an agency down there in Boulder. And how did you land that job? Uh, that was that was kind of crazy, unexpected because I went I went to school for actually actually for business. Okay. So film and any of that. So you really was not- just fell into this, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it really all kind of just happened. Uh, I was supposed to be uh, going to some marketing job and doing something super boring. And I actually, uh, I, by pure chance, because I was into graphic design and all these little things, I I took advertising classes and it kind of snowballed into Mm. me like sitting down in class and they would like screen commercials and and stuff like that. I was like, man, that's so, you know, like. Like, isn't it crazy you can do that for a living? Like, mm. you know, shoot these awesome spots and, and all these different things. So I, I, I just started obsessing over that side of things. And um, it was funny being in 
I was doing interviews for marketing jobs wearing like my nice fancy suit. Yeah. Feeling awkward. And they would ask me like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I said, I want to be a a creative director. (laughs) And they were like, (laughs) what is that? (laughs) So I kind of not, I didn't get any of those jobs because I was clearly not into it. Um, And I, I would send my portfolio and I did stuff like, you know, I, I, w- I would go to school, uh, my, you know, they would send school, our school to uh, advertising shows in New York where you could show your portfolio to all these different agencies. Right. And it was kind of nerve wracking because like, you know, some of these agencies were pretty, pretty much like a dream. Yeah. For them. And uh, somehow they liked mine and they offered me an internship and I said, um, I'm not interested in the internship, but I want the job. <laughs> And I, I basically, <laughs> I got the job a couple months later. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So then, uh, from Dallas to Colorado, and how was that experience? Uh, it was good, man. It was in, it was pretty insane. That agency at the time was pretty much. It was pretty much like one of the most insane working agencies. At, you yeah. Know, I'm like it was literally work all day, all night, every weekend. Jeez. You would have yeah. work do Sunday morning. It was just like nonstop. Uh, yeah. I would not sleep. Uh, it was pretty intense, but it was cool because, you, you know, at least it was almost like a, it felt like army, like being sent to war. Yep. And you just had to learn very quickly. So a lot of what I learned and actually going on shoots and like having to come up with ideas and like it was so intense. Like you had a, you know, everything you would do would get killed immediately and you had... <laughs> one night to figure out how to present like five more TV scripts for the next morning. It was just always in yeah. time. And I think, I think moving on to directing, that's, that was kind of a, a great experience to just sort of like yeah. get your head going pretty fast and just know the process and understand the other side of things that the, the agency side of things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How do you, like when you're thinking about, this is maybe getting ahead of our, yeah. um, of our conversation a little bit, but I am curious, like, having that experience and then tra- transitioning into being a commercial director. Um, what, what have you taken f- kind of from like the agency side, you know, like to, to how you direct and how you pitch? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, I don't know. Cause I, I feel like I've changed my approach and slowly I start becoming, I, always, I start referring to the agency as the other side, always like, Oh, the agency, <laughs> Yeah, right. But I used to be on that side, so I sort of understand. I understand their motivation. Like, I think what I understand is on the creative side, is those guys spend like six to eight months sometimes working on a campaign. Yeah. And so there's a lot of ownership for them to get to the point where they can right. sell and go shoot something. Uh, and it's easy as a director to get some creative and some like, uh, you know, to pitch on a treatment and think think it's completely yours. Yeah. You kind of get selfish and you're like, oh, this is my project. But then you have to understand those guys have been working on it forever um, and it's still their project. So it's if I learn something is how do you how do you make them feel like you're you're trying to make their vision bigger and better, but you're still letting them be a part of it. Gosh, I've never I've never really encountered that before. Like I haven't done commercial work. Definitely like you've done commercial work. So like having to take something that someone else is like, um, nurtured and like, uh, brought to life. And then like, it's, it's yours. That sounds really difficult to keep everybody happy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And because it's not only the creatives, it's going to be 
20 other people at the agency and client side right uh, are going to have a million opinions and so what what kind of um what was the transition like and what was kind of the catalyst for uh going from working at the agency to being like i think i want to direct now yeah it was kind of like how i ended up in advertising it was completely unplanned unexpected um T- talking about those photos I was taking with my wife, my uh, girlfriend at the time, it went into, that became video. And if you look at my first videos, they were pretty much just moving photos, like just like little yeah. moments. There was no story. It was just like poetic sort of visuals cut together with music. And somehow people kind of love that. Sure. Uh, when I started and that, um, seeing and stuff like obviously you have Vimeo, you have these staff picks and these different things. And what kind of that, what that did for me is kind of understand and realize, man, there's people liking what I'm doing. And it's, it's something that's hundred percent my own. Yeah. It's not when you're at the agency, you're still at that point where it's your, it's yours, but you're like trying to please a client. You're trying to please a million other people. Yeah. So you never feel like something is completely your own as much as you want to try to make feel like something is yours, it's always going to be selling some product and there's some sort of mission behind it. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it, it doesn't fulfill you like creatively the way putting out a personal project and getting someone to say, you know, I love this or this makes me feel something. Mm. That's so much bigger, I think. Yeah. Than uh, putting out a commercial and, you know, it going on YouTube and nobody watching it. <laughs> that's really literally what uh, what I was dealing with is I was going on uh commercial shoots where the budget was a million dollars. Yeah. And I would see those go on YouTube and get a thousand views over weeks and then I would see one of my videos launch and get 500,000 on like one day. Right. It happened a couple times where something went sort of semi-viral. Yeah. I was like, "Man, this cost no money and it was all about myself and just like some vision I had or some, you know, something. And to see that being valued so much while we're spending so much money on the other side and no one really, you know, no, in the end there's commercials that go viral and people enjoy it. Most of the commercials, people just kind of skip and they don't, no one, you know, not many people go online to watch commercials. That's the the reality. Yeah. So when you kind of like arrived at that, what did you want to do? Oh yeah, you were asking how was the transition? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I got like I was saying, I, I got to that point where I started just feeling like this, 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 this is so cool that I'm doing these films and there's there's a lot of uh, people looking at them and sort sort of like inspired me to know I was doing something right mm. with these these films and that I could pursue pursue that even more and start you know going bigger and try to different things. Obviously from, from Vimeo, I started getting other opportunities, music videos, smaller little commercials. Um, but I never thought, thought of myself as a director. Yeah. And that's the funny part. When you get to the end of your, like you, you edit your film and you just put your name at the end, like directed by. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. so strange, but it, but it was real, you know, I was doing it. Yeah. And suddenly I had, you know, I was shooting, with like Alexa's and Steadicam and all these things that you normally like for myself, it was surreal. Yeah. I would just kind of naturally happen. And I was on set with 
so like almost no experience at all um, in charge of all these people and you know telling a story and I was like man this you're an is- imposter man you're an imposter yeah it felt so <laughs> weird I was like this is so like these PAs all have so much more experience than I do yeah it's funny and I have no, <laughs> no idea what they're talking about when they say all these weird <laughs> Uh, it actually took me a couple of years to just finally understand a lot of these terms and things they say on set. Um, amazing. But it was cool just like kind of realizing being in the middle of it that it was actually happening. I was actually directing even though I didn't have the, the title or any of that stuff. Ha- have you gotten to the point now where you're like, I'm a director? Or is that still kind of a stretch for you? I, I, I don't, it's strange, man. I, I um, It just happened on my last shoot was probably the biggest one I've done. There was at least like 160, 80 people. Uh, and I ran into one of the crew literally as we're shooting. And this girl had no clue. I was the director. I was very quick, like just do this, move all this stuff, get ready. Like, we're, we're starting to shoot. And yeah. then later she came back and apologized and said, I didn't know you were the director. Cause like, I, I'm so, I'm kind of like, I don't like to walk into set and just feel like I am in charge. Yeah. I'm, I just treat everyone the same way. I'm just very natural with it. Because um, maybe maybe because I'm still dealing with that process of understanding uh, that you're sort of in charge of this thing. Yeah. Like looking at do those calls. Do you like that? Or are you no, like, is I, there? I think it's cool. I, I've never been like, I, I don't know, maybe I, I'm, I've always kind of let the, I've always kind of believed that I should let my work do the talking and I should not be the one trying to, you know, call the attention to myself or anything. I'm just kind of like behind the scenes, but I'm doing all the work. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's important to, to show, you know, presence once you're on set and, and, you know, have gained the respect of people. But I, uh, I'm just kind of going through that process just kind of figuring that out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Let's keep going on uh, on your uh, kind of story arc here. So you're in Colorado. You decide that you want to direct, and you move. Uh, it's somewhere in all this, you get married, but you move from Colorado straight to New York. I went to Colorado, and no, I went to New York to for another job, another okay. agency, job. and then I took another agency job before I started directing. But in the middle of this stuff is when I started getting these staff picks and started shooting things. And uh, what was the first video that was kind of like? Um, you you started to see like people were uh, drawn toward your work. Uh, I would say uh, you've probably seen it. My my honeymoon video islands. Yes, that was the one. Because honestly, before that, I had maybe two followers on Vimeo, which were my other accounts. <laughs> I would get like five likes in a year. Every time I would get a like, I would get an email. I was like, yeah, you know, someone liked my video. <laughs> and then Islands went from being posted when within an hour making it on the homepage and being a staff pick. It was insane. Within it, that's crazy. And that was that was what uh, five six years ago. That was that was at the end of 2013. 2013. So, Holy right. cow! This is no, happening. No, 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 sorry. At the end of 2012. Yeah, yeah. So it's been Still about though. four years. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, okay. So, yeah. so that happened, and then what happened? What happened next? Yeah, I mean, islands happened, and as I was still at the agency, I people started writing me, thinking I was a director. That's the 
that's kind of the funny part of what happens on Vimeo is people think you're some sort of pro. Yeah. And writing like, you know, you, we have this money, you want to direct this music video and you kind of like just play along and say, yeah, you know, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you just kind of have to go for it, right? Um, so yeah, by by the time I I got repped, I had done like five music videos, a few co- little like small commercials. And then I got that Lincoln project. Uh, yeah. I did. That was sort of when I won that project. I basically just had to quit my job because I, I couldn't dedicate the time and I couldn't go and shoot it without having to leave for enough time. You know, I had to leave for three weeks. So it was wow. that that point where I was like, man, I finally have a really good advertising job. I'm getting paid super well. This is like, uh, it's going so well. And I'm just going to, I just decided to quit and just go for directing and see how that would work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Okay, so I know that um, if Christian was here, what he would be asking you is something about getting ripped, because um, yeah. that seems to be the uh, elusive thing. That's yeah. like that's like the the uh, you know like gold at the end of the rainbow. You know, like people can't quite seem to to find it. Um, that seems like it happened pretty easily for you. Is that accurate? Uh, I would say, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty unexpected. I, I thought it came a lot sooner than I imagined. What was that process like for you? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I, I finished this, this cool head music video that I sort of kind of financed myself and did all the work for it. Um, and two days later it was posted on some advertising blog, um, this agency spy blog, which was seen by a lot of people in the industry. Most people in the industry just don't care about that stuff. Like when they see a creative doing a film, it's, you know, whatever. There's a little, a little bit of jealousy, honestly, Um, Hmm. which I noticed when I was starting to direct things, it it feels very competitive. People start like looking at you strange. Interesting. Um, And this uh, company bullet was opening or it was before they opened, but they were, um, just about to open and they were looking for directors and um, they were looking for a combination of like, they had a lot of feature directors, but they also wanted some sort of like very young sort of up and coming people mixing in the roster. And they, uh, they hit me up and it was just totally unexpected. Uh, It just happened. A couple of weeks later, I ended up signing, um, and it was funny at the moment because I, it, I, I was in a roster of like six to eight people, and most of them were Hollywood people, and it was just my name in the mix of all those guys. It was like this is so strange. <laughs> like, why, why do these guys want my name in the mix? That's amazing. And how long ago was that? So like that you get was, signed? Is that twenty thirteen? Uh, I signed twenty middle of twenty fourteen officially. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Crazy. And so that brings us back to where we started. So. Um, you're on the roster at Bullet, and uh, how does that go? Yeah, so I did. Um, I I used that Lincoln project to basically be an excuse to finally quit advertising and just go yeah. for it. Uh, so I yeah. did that, which took like four months of my life to finish. 
And then by 2015, I was ready to start, you know, officially at, at Bullet. They launched the company, the website, all that stuff, and it started. And uh, that was the that was one of the toughest parts of like I think my adult life is just um, thinking, oh, this is gonna go so smoothly. Yeah, I'm gonna become a director, and I'm gonna keep getting all these Vimeo messages asking me to go shoot their music videos. Uh, and a whole year went by and I just couldn't get any work. That's crazy. It, it is, it is funny to think about the contrast of like everything just kind of like unfolding at your feet. And yeah. Then, well, yeah. Cause like you have this momentum and like, you know, exactly. you're excited, you're going for it. And then you just kind of hit this wall. Yeah. Um, and I guess I, I suppose most people kind of go through that at some point. I don't know. I don't really know, but, um, it was, it was hard. I was like, man, it's just, I'm trying so hard. And it was like, I, I wasn't just sitting around at home or wasting time. I was actually working, doing treatment, yeah. Yeah. calling people, trying to get projects. So I've, I've seen one or two that you've sent me of your treatments, but I hear nobody makes a treatment like Diego makes a treatment. <laughs> You're like the master treatment maker. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't really know, because if I kept losing all those projects. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's maybe true. I was not sleeping for five nights and then losing it. So, I mean, no, I think uh, I think uh, I just. I, I, it was one of those things that uh, initially I started directing. No one knew my name. No one knew yeah. anything I've done. But I could send one of those treatments and. Uh, get in touch with amazing DPs. Like that was so important for me. Yeah, sure. Cause like, I was like, these guys are not going to look at me. They're not going to spend a second looking at my work unless I have something that inspires them and gets them excited. And then and sure. those treatments were so detailed and the images were so sort of like, I was so obsessive. I was literally color grading every image in the treatment. So it all matched. And, uh, hmm. you could, you could really, you know, spent like 15 minutes looking through one of those and you yeah. would, you would know exactly what that film's going to look like. Yeah. Uh, which I, yeah. it's so important for me to like, once you finish a, a project, you go back and you look at that treatment you're like, Whoa, you know, we actually, we actually did what was in that vision actually made it better. But, yeah. but you can see how close they are. Um, aesthetically, you know, all these different things. And it was cool for me. Like, that's how, you know, I got to work with, someone like Khalid who, whose work I've been admiring for years. And I was yeah. like, there's the chances of Khalid wanting to work for me. It's going to be going to be so low. And just when he looked at the treatment, he's like, man, this looks amazing. Let's get together. Let's, let's work on it. And that became a pretty awesome relationship. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and so I felt like that was my way in as a young sort of like nobody director is to get all these people excited. And as long as I have all these talented people with me, then I know I can make something great. When you're sitting down to um, kind of start formulating a treatment, what kind of things are you considering first? Uh, I'm, I am, I think my, for my advertising background, I am very conceptual. I think concept should always go first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think one of the, the, one of the worst things you can do is start by just pulling and stealing references, which yeah. is actually one of the easiest things to do. You know, if, if you don't have, Ideas, you just kind of go and look at references and get inspired. But I think, I think for me, it's always sort of like, what's the concept first? I usually yeah. kind of go into um, 
just word and I just write ideas and, and thoughts. Yep. And then I start looking for images and I start seeing how I can complement the, the, the conceptual side of it, start building it. And I pull some inspiration and maybe some ideas as I'm looking at things and I start sort of like building up something. But it, it needs to have a, a, it needs to start with an idea or something solid first. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my process. I, I, I write as much as I can and then I just start building it up. Um, so you did that for a year and it just wasn't clicking. And then when did, uh, when did you start to see <laughs> everything start to turn? Well, yeah. I you know what part of, I think part of it, this is a lot, a lot of what I've seen is, um, and I think going back as a creative, it's not that it wasn't clicking. I think, I think most creatives and I, and I was the same way are so selfish when they get a project and they, they get a list of directors uh, and they go for their favorite directors and the guys doing the cool Nike spots and like, right. And so like, if you throw someone you don't know as much as you think they might have talent, you're always want to, you know, if you have Romain Gabras right. going against me, there's always, you know, they're never going to go for me. It's just a natural way. Uh, and I was always asking like, who am I going against? And I was like, man, these amazing names. I would just, if I was the creative, I would not pick myself either. Right. So you're saying like from your experience, you knew how they were thinking. Yeah. It was just so easy to understand. Like, man, those guys, it's going to be so hard Hmm. for those guys to want to go with me. Um, because they have these other options and it's so easy to just want to have, you know, the guy that just did the coolest, greatest Nike soccer spot or one of those things. Right. Work with them. It seems like in, in any kind of uh, realm that for someone like you or someone like me or, or whoever else, it's like somebody's just got to take a, a chance. Exactly. Yeah, that's I th- that's totally it. Um, until someone's willing to take that chance and give you that opportunity, then you have to prove yourself and, and, and show that you can do it. And then right. you start getting that trust and then it starts working out. Um, and it doesn't seem like it's blind luck. I mean, you were working really hard <laughs> putting yeah. these pitches together. So it's not like they just like, you know, picked your name off of a list. It was because you pitched something that connected with them. So it's not, I don't oh, want to yeah. like give the impression that it's just like, like uh, winning the lottery, but um, yeah, it's like you put a lot of work into it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, even on the phone calls, a lot of people would say, man, we love the treatment and we love like your phone call and it went so well. But, you know, these guys just want to work with this guy. It's just naturally, mm-hmm. yeah. that's what was going to happen. And I just kind of knew it. Uh, but after a while, it starts, like, hurting. You're like, man, like, yeah. Man, when's someone just going to go for it? Um, yeah, and that, that kind of happened at the end of last year um, where I finally, I got a pretty, you know, cool project with uh, Droga 5 in New York. And then my friends at BBDO that I worked for when I was at, at that agency working as a, I was an associate creative director. That team knew me and they gave me a really cool chance on this GE campaign I just did recently. Yeah. Dude, that stuff is great. Thank you. And once again, I was going against really great people on that one. Yeah. Uh, but, but they went for it and, and that kind of like opened so many doors. Now I feel like I've gone through that step of, of kind of proving 
you know, I'm not, I'm no longer just the agency creative that wants to direct. I kind of proved that I could do, I could execute yeah. this and, you know, take it really far. Uh, and ever since that, it's been like every, every week or two, I'm out on a shoot. It's just kind of been back to back. That's amazing. Pretty crazy. That's yeah. great, man. That's like such a great story. <laughs> it's got such a good, not that uh, things are ending, but it's got such a good ending. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it, was, it was rough, man. I, I that that last year was so rough. Like I, I even almost went back home, which home means uh, dude, I remember we talked at like a very like um, pivotal time. It seemed like you were really like in the middle of it when we had we talked for like an hour on the phone, and yeah. it was like you were in the middle of all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, and so it's, it's, it's so good. Awesome. It's good to hear you on on the other side. It's awesome. What yeah. do you feel like looking back? Like, what kind of perspective did you gain? What did you learn? Uh, man, I think I learned a lot of like adult life things, yeah, and like family things, and 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 things I was going through with my wife, and like all these other things. Because like when you go through that difficult stuff suddenly a lot of things start coming up. Mm. Um, and I think I was, I just kind of had to mature in so many ways. Cause like when you're so focused on work, which is kind of what's been happening this year, um, you're, it seems like your personal life kind of goes, takes that, that back burner. It just kind of sits in the back while you're yeah. just trying to ride this, this work wave. Um, and it was nice to sort of like, it, it was hard, but it was nice to sort of have some time to sort of like put some perspective on everything and, Mm. figure out life in general, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, how are we going to work through this together and, you know, plan all these different things. So it was good in that sense to sort of mature in so many ways. Cause like I was just, just so obsessive over these things. Yeah. What would you, um, what kind of advice would you give to someone who is maybe like on a similar trajectory just earlier in the process? Um, let's see. I would say, I mean, uh, it's, um, it's the, 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 the just keep going kind of advice the the just don't stop, don't get discouraged. Um, and keep trying. Cause you know, if it's your dream, if it's sort of what you're passionate about, um, you can either just, you know, drop it and say, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to leave it for later. Uh, which is what a lot of the advice I was hearing back back yeah. that year. Uh, why don't you just kind of put a hold on this dream and just go back to, you know, what you were doing before. It seemed to go, be going really well for you. Uh, why don't you just do that for another five years? And then when you're finally like settled and everything's going perfect, then you, you make that jump. <laughs> but I feel like yeah. doing that, trying to delay delay that dream or like what you're going for, it's never going to work. Like it's, yeah, I think you get to that point and it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I don't think you'll ever come back to it. So, uh, you just got to write it and try as hard as you can until it happens. I mean, listening to your story and knowing you and your work, it, it, it seems like, um, you know, there's, uh, even saying like, just keep trying. I feel like for you, it was like, you had kind of focused effort and uh, I mean, not that like you were scheming and trying to do, but like you, you kind of knew like what you had to offer, which was um, like you talked about, like 
great conceptual uh, ideas that you yeah. could offer and then being able to deliver them in a way that people can um, really kind of gain access to your vision. Um, it seems like you knew what you were good at and you were able to kind of like work really hard at that as opposed to just like kind of working hard without any idea of like what you really could bring to the table. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah totally. Like, so I would just, just for like someone who's listening, who's trying to like figure out what this looks like for them, like just being able to figure out like what is like their unique like contribution or like what can they bring to the table that's like unique, not just like I'm just going to bang my head against the wall and work really hard And because that may yeah, lead nowhere. No, I think it makes sense. I mean, I think that's part of it too is you, there's so many directors out there. There's so many filmmakers. Yeah. That's the hardest part these days is... It's so saturated. It's kind of lost its meaning. Uh, to say I'm a director because anyone can just say I'm a director. <laughs> like, you know, like you, you just get to the end of the film and you just put your name on it and you're a director now. Well, exactly. Like it's so easy. And I was doing that before too. You know, I was like, I'm putting my, you know, <laughs> uh, so there's so much saturation. Like you're saying, I think you need to really have some sort of point of view with your work, some sort of like, it has to be unique and you have, you have to have some sort of voice. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, like, you just get lost in, in within this crazy mix of people. Um, and that, that really is something I was working hard for is how do I make sure yeah. each piece I'm putting out has a little bit of that emotional uh, message that I'm trying to put out. Uh, yeah, how would you, I mean, this, this is like an impossible question. Yeah. I, I couldn't answer it, but uh, yeah, what, what, how would you describe like your kind of unique perspective? Perspective. Yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, uh, well, maybe we'll talk about this in the next couple of questions. But uh, I feel like this year I've had to put that aside. Yeah. In a way, because I've been doing so many commercials, and uh, I'm I'm like, I'm having this this challenge with. I still want to have a voice and 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 do stuff in the way I would naturally do it if it was my yeah. own film. Yeah. But dealing with the 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 backlash of, of doing it for somebody else that might not actually care about that or want to have that. Yeah. Uh, Are you, is that kind of like, is it wearing you down? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I've, in the last couple of months I, I've been just doing stuff where I'm like, I'm trying so hard to make it feel like it's my own. Yeah. Uh, to put a little bit of my personality into it, but I, it's just a huge fight. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't seem like, nobody else wants that. They just want it to be simple and they want it to be something else. Like, yeah. And so that's been, that's been, that's been super tough this year. It's put me down a little bit because I, I miss, I keep saying like, I miss just having the control of, of making yeah. it my own. I bet. And I'm sure, man. And going on the edit and knowing that when you're cutting something that you feel some sort of emotional like that, that was my, uh, my way of knowing if one of my films was working is if it would make me not necessarily tear up, but if it would make me like feel this sort of like intense emotion inside. Yeah. Some point yeah. Of film. And if I could feel it, then I was like, man, it's working. Uh, yeah. And I'm just looking at so many of these edits of, you know, work I'm doing right now. I'm just like, I don't feel anything at all. That's and it's hard. so hard. 
because like I wish I could spend the time to get it right and to yeah. like take it upon my own to to spend you know enough time to make it right and I just feel like it just it's the the process in general of, of commercials is so fast you just got to get yeah. it done you got a couple of days it's over it goes up and you're like man it's just like it's not really like I cannot sign that with my name because it's not the way I would yeah. do it if I had yeah. the time that's hard man so let's let's like um let's like take a couple months let's like go back a little bit in time yeah. Um, to, I'm trying to remember exactly when I emailed you about like this films about numbers thing. Yeah. Um, but maybe describe to me, cause I don't even really know, like, where were you in this process of like trying to figure out if this directing thing was gonna like pan out when that email came in? Uh, I was, I, I was, I, I mean, I, I've, I've never been honestly discouraged or felt like I'm not doing it right. Yeah. Um, I'm always, uh, as much as I can try to be a fighter and just go for it. Um, yeah. that email, like I said before, um, I, the first thing I thought is like, I don't know if I want to have time for this. <laughs> you and everybody else. <laughs> um, well, somehow I still ran out of time when I had to shoot that, uh, which is why I ended up doing that Sandman piece. I, I think, you know, how I tried to make like three other things. Yeah, uh, but I loved like I really loved saying yes because I was like I I can't back out from this. Yeah, like for me. So bit, for people who uh, are listening that maybe don't aren't totally familiar, so uh, I kind of conducted this experiment, kind of like film series, like where I was getting just kind of recruiting friends and people that I respected to um, basically make a film, and the only parameters were it's about a number that I assign to you. And your number was seven. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And so I was like emailing different directors, emailed, I don't even know, like 30, 40 different people, um, trying to get people on board and uh, kind of luck of the draw, you got number seven. And so I emailed you and you're basically like, you sent me this insane, amazing uh, treatment for, I think it was kind of like the sci-fi thing. Is that accurate? Do you remember this? That was one of the few, yeah. And then that didn't pan out. And then I don't even think we talked at all about, maybe you did send me a treatment for Sandman, but I don't really remember. But you sent me this amazing film, which was Sandman, and it kind of just like blew up. Tell me what it did uh, for you when you released that. Oh, man, Sandman, I think what's more, for me, the coolest part of Sandman was the process of making it and not so much what yeah. came I mean, I think it did really well, and it's still like I'm getting calls just because of that project, which is insane. Because then it, it it makes you realize, like, man, taking on your challenge was actually such a huge thing for me. Hmm. Um, but the process of making it was fun because I went through two films I wanted to make for it, and uh, I was showing it to different people all over the place, trying to get a little bit of money or some help. Yeah, trying to get some connections, maybe some brand wanted to be a part of it. Who knows? Uh, turns out no one wanted it, and uh, <laughs> a lot of people said, "Oh, this is going to be like fifty hundred or a hundred k." And I was Jeez. still like so stubborn. I was like, "I'm going to make this happen." Um, yeah, it never happened. Um, but it was, and I got to the point of, you know, I had like a week or a week and a half left before the end of July, and I had to put it out. 
Uh, and I was like, man, I'm just, I was like at the point where I, like, I just don't care anymore. I'm just going to shoot whatever and just put it out there. But it was so hard to say, like, to know that it was going with my name. Yeah. <laughs> the commercials, in the end, you can detach yourself from it. Right. But not like, this is a film, you signed up for it, and it has your name all over it. <laughs> so that was the toughest part. I was like, man, like, I, I'm just so disappointed because it's probably going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to end up doing something just so bad because I have no time anymore. So it's just going to have to be whatever. Yeah. You know, some of the concepts I was trying to go for, they were so like, they were actually on purpose uh, bad. <laughs> you know, like jokes. I was like, this makes no sense. Like, this is not something I would do. Yeah. And then I ran into those kids and it was just such a happen. How did you run it? How, how did that happen? I've never asked you. Um, I was scouting for another project I was going to be shooting a couple weeks after that. Okay. Uh, and I was scouting in Trona, California, and it was like okay. a zombie town. Well, actually not zombie town because there was no one on the streets. Uh, there was literally no one, but it was like almost like post-apocalyptic. Crazy. I'm in the car with Sun Ken from Fast and Furious, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so strange. <laughs> we see these kids running down the street and we just stopped and asked them for, you know, some directions. Uh, and they recognized Sun Kang and that, and suddenly the whole town, which was, which just seemed empty, like 80 people come out of like every corner of the town out of like, bushes, and, and from the hills and from every direction. <laughs> Everyone surrounded us, and we just spent like three hours hanging out with the whole town. It was such That's a fun crazy event. And uh, I just asked these kids all sorts of questions, um, and and we ended up um, because I wanted to get some can. I was shooting with my camera. Just it was just like a test yeah. for a shoot we were doing there. It was more of a, a docu style, almost like a TV show, like uh, imagine Anthony Bourdain kind of thing. Okay, yeah where Sung was going around towns and just meeting people and getting in their cars and like learning about all the cool little cars they have in town. Uh, and I ended up scouting the gym in the, the football field because I heard their stories of just like they play in this dirt field. Um, and then we went for to see them um, doing their weight training. And it was yeah. so humid and hot. It was so nasty. And I was like, man, these guys are insane. Um they were sweating so hard and like, it was just this intense moment. And when I saw it and I was shooting with my camera, I was like, this is it. Like, uh, I actually felt kind of guilty because then, uh, we were supposed to be shooting that Sun Can project, but I was actually <laughs> putting a lot of my time into trying to make this. <laughs> yes. And he even saw it and he was actually into it, but I think he realized, I was like, why is Diego spending all this time <laughs> on amazing. this film? But I just had no more time. So we just went back, we shot it and, Within a week, it was up on your uh, website. That's awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, dude, I'm glad I, I was able to have some small part. <laughs> yeah, I, think, uh, I, I think you should you should do it again. Find like a new uh, a new concept for it and just... Yeah. I'd, I'd do it again if you ask me. Because I, I, I feel like I need that sort of pressure to go back and do something that's personal. and, and Yeah. That's your own. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, it gets harder. Like for me, it's just getting harder because I every time I think I have free time, something else comes up, and and I'm, I'm you know I'm trying to just do as many projects as I can to keep learning. Well, what's but, next for you? Uh, we uh, we are shooting 
this this military project next week, and then um, we're going for another round of uh, these GE spots I did in the beginning of the year. Nice. We're doing three more. That's awesome, man. So that's going to be like another two months, which is going to be pretty exciting. It's, it's a really fun project. Is uh, has Ben Loeb shooting this too? Uh, that's the plan so far. Yeah. How is it working with him? I love that guy. I don't really know him that well. We talked about doing a project a long time ago, but I can't stand Ben Loeb. <laughs> He's so hard to work with. No, man. That's amazing, man. It was such a fun. It was such a fun time. Like it was. We spent a month together. Actually, more. It's crazy. Uh, and it was so hard to say bye. We really had fun. It was awesome. It was we so- should get Ben on the show. I think. Yeah, we should. Should we call him? Oh, right now, <laughs> that would be awesome. No, it was yeah. fun, man. It was. It's fun when you work with someone that it just feels so easy. Yeah, it's just yeah. like friends going on a shoot and just having fun. There's like no stress about any of it, and that that really shows in the project. Yeah, it does, man. That project is awesome. We'll have to link to it when we uh, we tweet out uh, for this episode. But um, dude, that's great, man. I'm I'm glad you got so many things in motion and things going. Um, when I get the next little film series off the ground, I'll let you know for sure. But, um, <laughs> yeah. dude, thanks for joining us today and, yeah. uh, best of luck in the future. Any parting advice you'd give to the good listeners? Uh, to, um, just, just have, um, don't take things too seriously. Perfect. <laughs> it can get so obsessive and so like, all we talk about is film all, all day long. It can, it can get so boring. So that is true. Uh, just have fun <laughs> and, and the people you love with and spend time with them too. Amen. Amen. All right. How was this interview for you? Was it good? It was muy bueno. Oh, it's <laughs> <that's> amazing. <laughs> we never had an international response. So that was, that was good. Uh, Diego, thanks for your time, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thank you so much, man. This episode was mixed by Christian Stropko, or as we like to refer to him, Christian number two. As always, our music today was created by Cubby. That's Cubby with two Bs. You can check out more of his stuff on CubbySounds.com. Our show is produced by Will Meyer, and our good podcast logo was designed by Eric Hurchin. Also, you can find other fun stuff at GoodThePodcast.com. 